Hello and welcome to another episode of Knee Deep in Tech. I'm Alexander Arvidsson and I usually have my sidekick Simon Binder with me. Let's put it this way, he's probably knee deep in something else as he's busy having his first child. So yeah, he, he might be kind of excused for not being here and talking to me. But I've managed to find something else. Perhaps something even better. The legendary Tony Holopainen is joining us today, also known as Mr. Blacksway. Welcome to a fledgling new show, Tony. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, happy to be here. This is going to be pretty much the same thing as it always is. I have a few things to discuss. Tony has a few things to discuss. And it's just going to be the usual ranting. And, and let's see where we end up. I'm thinking of kicking off with high availability, or more specifically, when high availability isn't high availability. Many of my customers come to me with a request for design and say, okay, we're going to need to have uh, an uptime of 99 point whatever percent. Everything should be um, in, in two places, two centers, two systems to everything and some kind of fed over solution to, to wrap it up. But in equally many cases, my customers don't have the uh, technical knowledge to handle such a system. And I found that it's more likely to decrease the actual uptime as the complexity increases than to increase the uptime. What are your thoughts on, on that? You've been designing clusters from a Windows standpoint for quite some time. Uh, well, uh, it is pretty much like you're saying. Uh, uh, the more complexity you usually add to uh, to failover setups, the more likely they are to break for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. um, uh, before, before airing, we also got into this uh, malicious cleaning lady. That might be an <laughs> issue some places. Um, so, I'd usually try to just keep it as simple as possible uh, to try to maintain the highest availability uh, possible. Would you say that you'd rather leverage availability inherent in, in the underlying platform, such as VMware or Hyper-V, as opposed to start piling on clusters and stuff like that? Yeah, I'd say that has pretty much been the case for the last decade or so. Mm -hmm. um, Prior to that, we usually had uh, you know physical machines uh, everywhere, which were doing the high availability on the application um, uh, level. Yeah. Uh, so one, once the virtualization options got going, uh, we also could uh, move the high availability to uh, to the virtualization platform instead, which I see as a, as the better option. Okay, so you prefer having the, the the high availability in the virtualization layer as opposed to clusters or whatever yeah yeah I'd say so right if that is an option of course uh, some some applications need to be um, much more highly available in the sense that uh, once something happens you can't wait for another uh, virtual machine to boot up so you have to have the instant failover and in that case you'd have to build it still on the application level fair enough would so you active active Right. What what kind of specifically? What kind of software do you are you thinking of when you say that? 
Uh, well, it could be critical websites, um, banking applications, right. stuff like that. So pretty much real-time transactions. Um, so the, f the funny thing is that when you bring up real-time and, and banking and stuff like that, most of the time they have the people to handle complexity. So in that case, it might not be quite as difficult to, to get it to work as, say, the, the, the vast majority of my customers that are... They, they simply don't have the manpower to handle complex stuff, which is a pity. But uh, one of the issues with, with SQL Server and always-on availability groups is that it's touted as a very simple solution to high availability. What they don't say is that, yes, it's very easy to put up. It's very easy to fail over. But you're bound to miss something since you need to keep track of your logins, you need to keep track of your jobs, you need to keep track of a thousand things just to get the thing working. Um, which is a pity. There is no such thing as a simple failover solution, at least when it comes to, uh, to databases. Everything comes with a price. Yeah, absolutely. So what, in, what would you say? Should there be a push to to increase awareness of the complexities of high availability. I mean, increased complex, uh, complexity means increased um, difficulty, means increased requirements for training, means increased price tag, which is pretty much what it always comes down to. Uh, well, the increased awareness thing, of course. If you have those needs, you should definitely be aware of all your uh, infrastructure and uh, applications and failover settings that you're uh, applying and using, and also you need to follow up that. Uh, you can't just um, install it and configure it once and then just leave it. You have to actually test it um, uh, regularly, I'd say, in that case. So, of course, uh, if you have those kinds of needs, definitely you need to be aware of what's going on as well, absolutely. Good point. Okay. Where would you say that the the cloud and the offerings in Azure uh, comes into play? I mean, we have the Site Recovery Manager. Uh, we have... Uh, it's, it's pretty easy to put up a, a secondary in Azure to support something that's local in your data center. Does this make things more complex, less complex? <clears throat> well, I'd say it adds a layer of complexity because you are adding the cloud platform to your on-premise platform. Um, the question is really still uh, how much of a added complexity is it really? Right. Because it, it is still just like, a, it works just the same as a secondary site pretty much, only that you have the Azure GUI uh, to click and press the buttons in or run PowerShell if you like. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a it's a bit of a of an added complexity, but it's it's might very well be worth it in those cases for those customers who are actually looking into this. Yes, right. And it supports all all hypervisor platforms, uh, or all we VMware and Hyper-V pretty much. So I know there are others out there, but they are not really widely spread. No, at, at least here. No, no, no. I I I, I agree. Speaking of Azure, by the way, I um, I came across a site the other or uh, or a page the other day, which is the um, cloud platform roadmap uh, from the cloud platform team at Microsoft. It shows 
what has been recently made available. It shows what's in public preview, what's in development, and what's been cancelled, which is pretty interesting. Say, for instance, you have an idea, you put it up on Connect, it gets upvoted, and suddenly it just disappears. It's, it might just have been cancelled. So it, this is a good way to, to keep track of where your stuff is. And just browsing very quickly through this site, there is so much coming out. Yeah, the development in Azure has been crazy pretty much for the last few years, as I see it. There, there's pretty much new stuff by a weekly basis in there. Either something they're trying out or something that has gone for GA general availability. Or in preview, there's always some some form of new button or new little thingy to look at and read about. So yeah, the the develop development in Azure has been massive. It has indeed. I've just I'm just browsing through this now. Let's see what's happening on the PowerShell. There is a, a private preview of um, a possibility to write PowerShell in the. Uh, in the portal. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw something about that. Yeah, it, it that's going to be awesome. Incredibly promising, yeah. And apparently, operations management suite can now analyze Linux logs, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Azure Stack is moving on. It's on technical preview two. Networking has been increased, lower latency, higher packets per second, reduced jitter, and decreased CPU utilization. Stuff is going on. Stuff is happening. Yep. This is very nice. And also, I actually have uh, two cases coming up now where our customers are <coughs> looking to move from the Azure Classic to Azure Resource Management. So uh, the good thing is there is a very simple and smooth way to migrate between classic and RM. Right. So that should be a very interesting case coming up here in the coming weeks, I suppose. That sounds very interesting. I am. I hadn't expected that people still were on the classic uh, portal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much all the Azure deployments that I have been uh, made for the customers in the last years are still running the classic because they don't know any better. Oh. So th that's an interesting question in itself. Your uh, your experience with, with Azure, is it that you come in, you set something up, and then you leave, and nobody touches anything? Or do you come in, fix something, and do something with it each and every month? Um, no, it's pretty much option one in this case. Oh, so uh, people have heard, you know, Azure, wow, what a cloud thingy, wow, let's have some uh, hosted VMs in there. Uh, that's very cool. Uh, and we don't have to buy our own hardware. For example, so then we go uh, go there. I, either we migrate the machines to Azure, or we set up new machines in Azure, and then we pretty much uh, just leave them there. And the customer doesn't care about anything else or the other million possibilities they have to do actual work and cool stuff in Azure. They just have their machines running there, and that's it. So pretty much a lift and shift on the VM side from the data center up to the cloud. Yeah, exactly. Oh dear. Anyone told them about the pass or the SaaS offerings? Uh, well, we have the one one customer who is uh, trying to stay ahead of the curve at uh, all times, pretty much. Uh, I think you know who who we're talking about. Oh, yeah. 
so uh, they are using much more of the um, software application and development stuff as well. Um, right. So I, I don't really have any insight to that, but uh, they seem to be happy about it and it works well for them uh, for testing and deployment and production. Cool. So yeah, so yeah, uh, those cases right now are uh, becoming. Um, oh, the move to the RM platform is because of the uh, new network capabilities that have been introduced in RM uh, over the years. Oh right, so the so the, the classic one had pretty much uh, many limitations in the cloud service, and you could only have like one IP per machine if you like to have external access or stuff like that. And max, I think it was like twenty VMs per cloud service or something like that. So. So all those limitations are pretty much gone with the RM version instead. And because you can migrate over, uh, it's a pretty simple process. Could you lay out the process for, for me? Um, it is pretty much just running a few PowerShell commands. First, you prepare the environment, make sure that the, the, ver the environment actually verifies itself that this will be possible. Mm -hmm. And then it will pretty much create new clones of the existing machines and then just make a cutover. Oh, okay. So the thing there is uh, that you have to verify in the beforehand is to make sure that you have enough space left in your subscription to be able to do this maneuver. When you say space, what do you mean? Uh, space as in re available resources in, the, in your oh, subscription. Oh, right, right. Oh, that would be a, a bad so, thing. Yeah, that might be a tight squeeze for some who are, who are running massive amounts of machines, of course. Right. Uh, but like I said, there you you still have a PowerShell command that will actually verify this beforehand, so so you're you're safe there. Okay. And uh, once you have prepared your environment and made sure that everything is good, you just execute the command itself that does the actual migration, and that pretty much means for you, go home, sleep over the night. Next morning, it's pretty much finished. So oh. it's gonna take a while, depending on how many machines you have. And this is for the machines only, or is it? For oh, this takes care of the storage, the machines, and the network. Oh yeah, nice. Yep. So I, I've only done this um, uh, this maneuver in my own testing environment uh, this far. Mm -hmm. So the the, the 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 two coming customer upgrades are uh, planned for the following weeks now. So I'll have more information then. Right. Speaking of your own environment, it's it's become a bit of a legend around here. <laughs> I mean, you have to respect the man that registers Perkele.net and and creates a huge um, data center in his uh, pretty much apartment. Under, I, I was about to say under your bed, but <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, you were thinking of a, a hardware refresh the other day. Um, yeah, uh, the stuff I, I yeah the stuff I have right now is I don't know I suppose it's like four or five years old or something. Mm -hmm. So I feel it's about time to to do a new refresh, um, throw the old ones out and put something exciting in there. Right. And how do you define exciting? Well, I suppose it's lots of SSD storage that usually um, does the trick. Uh, of course, you need a few cores as well. So I'm looking mostly at the Xeon uh, processor lines. Uh, but then again, the AMD is coming out with the Ryzen CPU Ooh, right. pretty much in March. So that's only a few weeks away. So I think I might just wait for that one to surface before I do any drastical investments. I see. 
And you've been toying quite a lot with the um, Storage Spaces Direct, right? I wouldn't say quite a lot. Uh, I have had it up and running uh, with the hardware I have right now. Um, with very much unsupported hardware, mm -hmm. uh, but I was just I just wanted to set it up just to have a little look and feel on uh, how it actually works. So, so yeah, that was pretty good, uh, despite the very unsupported mm, <laughs> unsupported enough. environment. So I had way fewer discs than I actually needed. I saw that uh, Storage Spaces Direct is supported on Azure. And this was, yeah, it was released just the other day. I saw a, a tweet from Alan Hurt, one of the MVPs on the storage side. And the funny thing is that you can actually create a failover cluster on Azure, on storage spaces direct these days. Okay, that's very interesting. It's uh, very interesting and it's another tool, not necessarily the tool, but it's another tool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hadn't heard that actually before, so yeah, sounds good. So so much cool stuff coming out, so much cool stuff every day. Damn, I need a hobby. As if I didn't <laughs> yeah, have enough. Then again, storage bases in Azure, the level of machines you'd actually need to configure, that might cost you a penny or two. It just might, <laughs> when you put it that way, yes. Needing eight SATA drives, needing four SSDs. Well, the question is, are you going host. to count the drives, the individual drives in Azure, or, or are you just going to part, um, provision um, a specific amount of storage? I, I haven't looked at it, so I don't know exactly how it's implemented. Yeah, but still, uh, once you go SSD in Azure, uh, that already that machine is going to cost you a, a fair penny. Yeah. On the other hand, it's going to run in circles around everything else. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. You pretty so much you get, get what you pay for. Yeah. I was just about to say you get what you pay for. True. <laughs> okay. Um, it's pretty much time to wrap up. Any closing words? Um, if you haven't tried Nano Server, do it. If you haven't tried Nano Server, do it. Oh, that's a top tip. Absolutely. Interesting. I um I don't know when Simon will be back. Uh, he said that, yeah, he's, he's going to have the kid and it's probably just going to be a week or so before he's back at work. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. He's going to be gone for a while. Yeah, isn't it pretty much mandatory 10 days? Yeah. and Just, some, to, just to start with? Something tells me he's going to be attached to the little thing. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't expect to, to see him for a while, so I just might have to grab Tony again or someone else. But rest assured, we'll be back in about a week. So thanks for listening and have a good day. Bye-bye.